Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. I am absolutely very over the edge of my seat excited for this one. I have a very special guest and I really mean it. Um, This guy is like a combination of Kevin Hart, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Grant Cardone and Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, he's a lifestyle entrepreneur. He loves to master all areas of life. He's a curious lifelong learner who's always mastering, always training at the gym. Um, one of his most powerful areas of, of expertise is sales. He's been in the sales game for a long time. And he's got a lot of wisdom about that. When he opened, um, when he first opened his, um, his major first company, he did $1 million in revenue. Um, in sales in just that. So over 1 million in, in revenue. Uh, he's he's now a father to a, a beautiful baby boy son. Uh, he's a mentor. I actually had the privilege of working with him for, for a couple of months there. We had some of the most amazing best times. I learned so much and I was inspired. My mind and possibilities were expanded greatly. Without further ado, I introduce to you Stephen Abby Rashid. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jacob. Good to have you have me on, man. So keen. So pumped. Oh, man. I'm so pumped. Uh, Stephen, um, I want to ask you, what is wisdom to you? Oh, that's a good question. I think, um, I think it comes down to, to self-reflection. Um, I think there's a lot of humility, um, that's involved in it, but I think, um, to put it in a nutshell all around it's experience, you know, um, I think that the more you reflect and it doesn't necessarily necessarily have to mean that you have 10 years experience or 15 years experience in something. It just means that you've reflected on something so much you've come to terms with the pros and cons of, you know, different areas of life and different experiences. And you've got um, a settlement with the pros and cons, you know, you're, you're completely settled with it and you're, you know, you're completely unbiased in your views of things. And, you know, I think from looking at things from a bigger perspective, um, really molds it all together. You know, I think that's when it comes to wisdom, it's it's someone who's got a complete unbiased perspective, um, you know, through really deep reflection and, and, and you know, a, a long period of time of experience, you know. And like I said, it doesn't have to be physical experience. It just can be a, a conscious experience. You know, so I, I think that's my take on wisdom, really. Very profound. I, I wanted to ask you to go a little bit deeper on, this there seems to be this idea of of perspective or 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 this kind of like a perspective there or, or yeah could you could you speak to that what what's going on there? Yeah, look, I think I think when it comes to perspective, um, it all comes down to your personal experience. Like nothing is ever the same for for every person, and everyone has their own different experiences. You know, if you put five people in a room with a glass of water, you put the glass of water in front of those five people, everyone's going to be seeing that glass of water from a different angle. And it doesn't necessarily mean that their perspective is right or or wrong. 
it just is what it is, you know. So <clears throat> you take what you you take what you can from it, you, you know. With like you know, like I said, with an unbiased view, you know, you you, you gotta you, you gotta look at it for just what it is from your perspective. And the more you can reflect, and the more that you can remain unbiased, the more of a chance you give yourself to see that glass of water from the other people's perspective, you know? So I think that's what it comes down to really just personal experience, you know? Mm. Well, I guess, okay. My, my question, I, I, and it's kind of, it may be a bit off topic, but, or maybe it's similar all along the similar vein is say you've got someone, right? Like someone who's kind of stuck in life or, it's kind of moving forward, not sure where they're going, mm. right? What perspective would you or could you imbue on, on them that would, that would change or transform their life? Oh, well, look, you know what? That's, that's a golden question. And I think, that, I think that there's too much pressure on the kids um, in, in our days um, you know, on, on the twenty-year-olds and the young twenty-year-olds, even the thirty-year-olds, um, you know, and the, the teenagers, that <clears throat> you have to have it figured out by twenty-five. You have to have it figured out by thirty. You got to be, you got to own your house. You know, you got to be successful in your career, have a family. You know, and if you haven't done that by thirty, then you're pretty much a failure, right? And that's that's the that's the stigma about it. That's it's it's like a it's like a conscious stigma. A, a group, a, you know, in a group consciousness, and and I think that it's completely wrong. Like I think that all that pressure is giving, uh, giving the, the the you know the new upcomers in in our day um, a really fogged way of looking at things. You know, it's very foggy for them because because there's so much pressure. They think that they need to finish high school. They need to finish year twelve. They need to go to uni. They need to study a you know a six year uni course and become a doctor or become whatever it is um, to be successful. You know, whereas <clears throat> I think that you need to ask yourself the question that like, what actually makes me happy? Like if the golden question I asked myself was if the, if money was not an issue, if I had all the money in the world, what would I be doing every day? What would I be doing every day to enjoy myself? You know, because money only goes a short, a short way it only goes a short distance you know it, it, it can't be the driving factor it really can't and i can tell you from experience like i've i've created businesses you know like like you said in the in the introduction like one of my first businesses i it, it was 1.2 million i created in sales in the first 12 months you know like i had a lot of money like you know for for the for that first 12 months it, it was a lot of money and it wasn't an issue, but there was a sense of unhappiness. There was a sense where it was like, is this it? You know, like, is this really it? Like, I had to, I literally asked myself that question. And, you, you know, people need to ask themselves that question without the money. They have to say, okay, well, what would I do every day? What will I do with my time to actually create fulfillment in my life? Like, what will make me happy? What will, what make, what will make me jump out of bed every morning? and excited to tackle the day regardless of what I'm getting paid. You know, I think when people start asking themselves, asking themselves that question, 
um, they can, I can, I think they can get a better understanding of which direction and which way they want to go. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for the rest of their lives. Like it's not a life changing decision. It's not like, okay, I'm going to make this decision and I'm going to stick with this until I die. And it, it doesn't work that way. Life does not work that way. You know, I created a very successful solar business. And even though I have my solar business, I'm still creating new stuff now for my next business venture. Like for, you know, I'm going now into sales training. I'm, I'm creating a, a training academy. And that training academy is, is not only going to be sales, eventually it's going to go to all areas of life, you know, right? But if I was to <laughs> tell um, an older generation, there's someone who's set in their ways, it's like you make your bed, you've got to lay in it. You know, someone like my, my father, for example, you know, he, well, he's like, man, like, you you know, I went through 50 different jobs by the time I was like 23. Uh, I went through so many different careers, so many different tracks. I was trying to figure it out, trying to figure things out. Like, what do I want? What makes me happy? And I was just jumping and jumping and jumping. And, I, and you know, I found that people, for me, it's people, like working with people is 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 what sparks me. Like, I'm, I'm a massive extrovert when I'm around people my energy rises. Like I get more energy when I'm around people, you know? So, and, and so that's, that's my thing. So what can I do every day that, that makes me happy, makes me fulfilled. And, you know, it's like, it's helping someone else. It's helping other people. If I can help one person a day, man, like it's, you know, I'm, I'm happy, you know? So I think that's what the new generation, I think that's, you know, this kind of questions that they need to start asking themselves. Mm. so to to kind of um sum it up it's taking the pressure off and one thing that really stuck out with me you got to ask that question before you get the money that was really powerful and yeah yeah, i guess where does like where does the question lead you like where that question of going within what's going on there Look, for for every person, it's going to be different. You know, like I've had, I've trained so many teams. I've trained so many people, you know, uh, along the years, like not only in my own business, but it's other businesses as well. Like before I was in business for myself, I was, um, you know, like state managers and state trainers for, for multiple companies. And you know, I've worked with a lot of people and, you know, I've worked with some really, really good salespeople who were killing it in sales, but they weren't happy, you know? And it's like, everyone has their own art. Everyone has their own creativeness. You know, something that can be passionate to, to one person won't be, won't be exciting to another person. You know, like my, my wife, for example, Daniela, like when I start talking to her about sales, geez, man, like she was dozing off. Like, you know, when I first started talking to her, she was just falling asleep and I was so passionate. So I am like, how can this not excite you? How can it not excite to know that, you know, using these tools, using these skills, you can actually influence someone else to actually make a decision to empower themselves, to make their lives better. Like that was exciting me, you know, but she didn't see it from that perspective because like to be fair, you know, in in her defense, like I wasn't really explaining it properly, you know, because I, I was, I was, it was new to me. I was figuring it out. But what I'm getting at is, it comes down to to the individual. Like everyone has their own interests, and the sad truth is, is that so many people are so preoccupied with trying to 
get things done, trying to trying to make shit happen and, and get these fancy cars and do these fancy things to impress people that they don't even like, that they don't even give themselves the chance to actually step back and say, you know what, like what makes me happy? You know, what, what excites me? And you, you do see it from a young age, like, you know, and I mean like from school, like if you see them in school, there's so much creative things that, that school gives, you know, like different arts, different sports, different, different exercises that you see the kids shine. You see them like they may not be the best in it, but they're shining. Like they're happy that you see how excited they are when they do that activity. That's, that's a, that's, that's a big green flag, you know? And, and that's the kind of things you want to look at because mm. anything can be monetized. Anything can be monetized. There's one of my friends has a multi-million dollar business and he's selling cardboard boxes, cardboard boxes, man. Like <laughs> it's not exciting. Right. And he's making millions every year. So like anything can be monetized. Mm. Stephen, I guess that leads me to the next question around um, monetizing and influence and sales. Could you, could you speak to speak to the whole thing about influence? What is influence? What is sales? What is what is a, a business transaction? Ah, this is a good question. So for me, um, it's the ability to emotionally move someone down a path to make a decision for themselves that actually that's going to make their life better right and that's a per- very very powerful statement you know so sorry it's, give me a second All right. so if you look at emotionally moving someone down a path i mean when people don't make decisions when they kind of want to do something or there's some sort of interest there's usually emotional barriers that come along with it. There's fears, there's uncertainty, they're scared. What if I lose my money? What if it doesn't work? You know, so sales, sales itself is really about emotionally moving someone um, to, to make a decision and emotionally empowering them and creating that certainty. And the only way that a salesperson can do that is if they're absolutely certain on whatever it is um, that they're selling, like the product or the service that they're they're pushing. Um, And that doesn't only apply to sales. Like that's with everything. You look at, for example, you look at a bunch of friends who want to go out and they call that one friend, that one friend that, that doesn't want to go and they're at home. And, you know, like if we look at sales, there's objections, you know, I need to think about it. I need to talk to my wife. Uh, I need to talk to my accountant. You know, um, I, I'm going to delay it for a little bit. I just can't do it right now. Like, there's all these objections. And you look at a bunch of friends who are going to go out, and they call that one friend, like, "Hey, man, you ready to go?" And like, "Oh, look, I'm probably going to miss out tonight, man. I'm, I'm just not feeling well." Like, and they start coming up with all these reasons. They're objections, right? But you look at the people who are going out, right? You look at the friends that are going out, and you look at how keen how excited how certain they are and you know this probably happened with you jacob but i know it's definitely happened with me when one of my friends was like when i was younger and they're just coming up with every excuse under the sun not to go out clubbing 
and you know not to go out to wherever it is the party that we're going to and every reason that they're giving me i'm going i'm giving them a rebuttal i'm saying something back you know i'm feeling tired i'll get you a v i'll get you an energy drink oh uh, you know i'm hungry i'll get you a freaking <laughs> cheeseburger on the way there man like everything they're saying i'm there's something back because i'm so certain i'm like you're coming with me like we are going tonight and and that's sales, right? Like when you're when you're there and they're giving you those objections, most salespeople like when the customer's like, I need to think about it, like, oh yeah, cool, you know, take your time. When do you want me to call you back? If I was to say that to my friend, like we'll go on out at nine, like, hey, look, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out tonight, I'm not really feeling well. And I'm like, Oh yeah, cool, look, I'll call you, you know, in a couple of hours and maybe you're feeling better, maybe you can come with us. Like that's not gonna work, man. You know, so the idea is you see you see the person's persona you see their energy the, you know the people who are excited to go out you you see their energy they're absolutely certain there is nothing stopping these guys from going out right they 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 they're a steam train you know there's nothing stopping that train you know and so and it's not that like that you're they're a hard charging salesperson it's they're emotionally certain and when you're emotionally certain, when you're when you're absolutely sold on the value that you're providing, the value that that the product or the service is providing, you know, that's that's what sells. Like, there's so many encounters that I've had um, that I was so just I was so certain on how my my product was going to help this customer. I didn't go on about the features and the benefits of of what it was going to do. I didn't go on about you know, the different warranties and different specs of the panel. And I was like, this is going to bring your power down. Like, I am so certain that this is what it's going to do. And and this is what it's going to do for you in the next five years. And, and this is how it's going to help you. And I was so certain on the panel itself, on that brand itself, like, this is it. This is the key. Um, th- there was nothing stopping that customer buying because they were they were so sold. And, and what I'm getting at with this, like, I know I'm dragging it on, but with every linguistic encounter between two people or one person and a bunch of people, there's always someone who's in control of that encounter. And it's usually the person who's asking the questions, right? And the person who's in control of the encounter sets the mood. So if that energy of that person, if, if their energy isn't right, if they're not certain, the other person or people aren't going to feel certain. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to certainty. Whoa, 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 man. That always never fails to trip me out. <laughs> I. What's interesting there, Stephen, it's very powerful because in, in, your, in your model or philosophy of sales, the, the salesperson has to have their heart in the right place. They have to know that it's going to be good for that for that client it it almost seems like service and it and it seems like when when your heart's in the right place the the sale your sales performance goes up tr- drastically could you could you speak to that yeah well you know there's one thing that I used to always tell to my guys is a lie never lasts right like a lie never lasts doesn't matter what the um situation is doesn't matter what the perspective is 
if you're lying to yourself, it's not going to last. If you're lying to the customers, it is not going to last. <clears throat> you have to be absolutely genuine. You have to be authentic with what you're providing because people see it, people read it. You're dealing with people here. It's not computers. It's not robots. There's emotion flowing. There is emotion, right? Emotion, like if you break that down, what is it? It's energy in motion. Emotion is energy in motion. So when you're dealing with people and your emotions aren't in the right place, uh, forget it, man. You're not going to sell a thing, right? And if you are going to sell it, it's not going to be that much. You're not going to outperform the other colleagues. You're not going to, you know, be smashing your your KPIs or your targets. Like it's not going to happen because it all comes down to emotion. And, you know, a line of lust. So if you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the customers, it's just not going to work for you. And so you need to find something. You don't have to be passionate about it, but you have to see the value in what it's doing, right? Like if the customer or you, if you or the customer are sold on the problem more than the solution, then the sale is not going to happen. And and that's deep. If you really go into that and you really think about it, if you're sold on the problem more than you are on the solution, the transaction never happens. Like that's that's the real bottom of it. That's what it comes down to. Once you are, once you are sold, once you are more certain on the solution that it's providing <clears throat> than the problem that you have, <clears throat> the transaction happens. very profound once again it's it's very powerful because Stephen, your way your wisdom and your way of doing things brings the power and the responsibility for life back into the individual back into the perception which is so exciting i guess my question Stephen, is how does one how would one gain or discover that that truthful perception of value where does one go to search for and, and find that? Well, to be honest, like <clears throat> it just comes from your research, really. It comes from like there's so many, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's so many products, there's so many services out there. There are, there, there are millions of them and you just need to do the research, right? It all starts with a thought. It all starts with curiosity. You know, it's, it comes down to that reflection. Like, I'm curious, you know, what does this do? And you start looking into it. And most of the time, like, people sell themselves. You know, people sell themselves on the value of what a product or a service is providing. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a store, you know, and, and, and the salesperson is like, um, show me a product, and I'm so sold on that product before I even walk in. I'm so excited. I'm like, yeah, yeah look, now I get it. I see the features. I see everything because I've done my research, right? Um, and the salesperson's like, man, like this is the greatest day because they don't have to sell. Like it's done. The sale's made. <laughs> but, you know, but that's what you got to do, right? Like you, you look at, you just, you know, you, you got to do the research. Like you just got to be curious and you got to just expand your your view of things, you, you know, look into every area. And, and listen, listen to your curiosity, listen to your intuition. You know, you will tell yourself, you will tell yourself on which way you want to go. You know, so um, once you start doing the research, 
And once you start gaining an interest in something, be all over it like a fat kid on a cake, right? (laughs) Honestly, like be all over it. Like learn every single aspect about it because the more you learn about it, the more you you know the ins and outs and, and the pros and the cons, the more you're able to sell yourself on, you know what, like I know exactly what this is going to do for someone or the solution it's providing. And I know that instantly their life is going to be better. And there's unshakable certainty. Like you cannot shake any doubt in me. There is no doubt. It's like MJ in basketball. There's no one in this world that can convince Michael Jordan that he was a bad basketball player. (laughs) Right. Because he had so much conviction and that's what you got to have on the product. And the only way you can do that is the is the research. And sometimes it might not work. Like sometimes you might do the research and find that it's a dud. That's like, you know what, like this product isn't that good. <laughs> you know, so go to the next thing, like find or, you know, if you have that entrepreneur in you, create the product, create that perfect solution. You know, like <clears throat> that, that's, that's what I've done. I, I worked for, you know, so many different companies who are supplying, you know, different products in energy efficiency. And, and there was always one or two issues that the company had that I couldn't stand, you know, and it, and it would piss me off because it was like I'd sell to the client, we'd make the sale, I'd make the transaction and I would, and I wasn't over-promising. Like I was just promising them a good service, you know, and then the company would fail to provide that. The admin was horrible. There was no organization, like, you know, just little things. And I was like, man, like, why can't you get it right? So I created it myself and created the company that I envisioned my customer to have. You know, I worked from the customer backwards. I was like, if I was the customer, what would I want? And I created that. So, um, you know, I, that was a little bit off topic, but, you know, really like that's that's what it comes down to. Just do that research. That's the only way you're going to be absolutely sold and certain on any product or service is just, um, you know, being that, that investigator. Hmm. That's incredible. That is incredible. And Stephen, might I ask, like, that's really, and you, it's funny because you actually literally did that. You just, you, you weren't satisfied with, with a particular company and you just decided to create your own company that you know would serve the customer. <laughs> Um, could you talk more about the focus on the focus on serving, serving the customer? Like, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess on, on that customer and what is it, what is it that fight? Like, what is the perception that finally allows the customer to make that purchase, to make that decision? Yeah. So that's a good question. So doesn't matter what the product is. doesn't matter what the service is. Um, you look at any sale. Um, you look at any transaction that you've had, any purchase that you've made. There's always basically there's three, there's three main things. There's three main factors that come into account that need to be crossed off for any sale to happen. And the first three things is basically you need to be absolutely sold on the product itself. You need to see the value that it's providing, that it's you need to be sold on the solution that it's providing over the problem that you have, right? Um, you need to be sold on the salesperson 
right? The person behind, like how many times have you been to, let's say you've been to a store or you, you came to, to buy a product. The product was great. You, you loved the product and the company was great, right? The business was good, but the salesperson was just an absolute nut. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to say any foul language, but you know, they, they were, they were horrible. And you're like, you know what? I'm not giving you my business. I'm not making this product purchase here. Even though I want it, I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to find it just because I don't want to give this guy the satisfaction of making that sale. Right. So you need that the, the, uh, the, the customer needs to be sold on the salesperson. And it doesn't mean you have to, you know, put on your best tie and speak like you, you know, you just finished in Harvard. Like it just means you need to connect with them. Right. <laughs> be a person, be a human, <laughs> be emotionally there for them connect with them that that's all it is and it's not hard um that's number two and number three is obviously the company itself they need to be sold that the company is there to back them they need to know that once i buy this product is the company going to be around like am i going to have warranty am i going to have you know security am i going to have that backing once you know once once i buy we you know, always the company going to disappear you know because you know, people value money I mean, and, and people value money, I think way too much to be honest, but they, you know, like they, right. They're so just really attached to it. So they don't want to let it go. And, you know, so when they're buying something, they're like, okay, cool, I want to buy it and I'll make sure it works for me. But I also want to know that if it doesn't work for me, there's someone to be held responsible, you know, so that, that's, so that's your three things. Um, if those three things line up, the deal is happening if if there's a high pain threshold uh-huh. there needs to be a pain like they could love the product they could love the salesperson and they could love the company but if there's no pain if there's no like call to action if there's no urgency there like you know like <laughs> if there's nothing there if there's no if, if the customer isn't feeling anything that they'll take their time that's like you know what I'll, I'll get it in six months you know, so there needs to be a pain and, and you as a salesperson can create that. And it's not about being, you know, uh, unauthentic. It's about showing them, it's about showing them um, what's, it's, it's about showing them what's going to happen down the road if they don't take action today. Like for example, when you know, I'm selling solar and I, and I, I talk to the customers and I'm telling them, um, exactly what their system is going to do for them. And they turn around and say, okay, cool. We look, you know, we might think about it for a few months. Like, that's great. That's fine. You can take all the time you want. It's not going to affect me, but I have to show them, hey, like the longer you wait, the more money you're actually throwing down the drain. And this is how much money you're, you're actually spending. And this is a reality. It's not, we're not making these numbers up. Like you're paying whatever it is. Like let's say you're paying $600 on a power bill every three months. That's not going anywhere. Like you're paying $200 a month on dead power. You're renting your power. And you need to show them that. That Just like buying and renting a home, like, you know, most of the, obviously someone who's a solar owner or is buying a solar system, they own their house. So it's very easy for them to relate. So when I say to them, like, you know, this house, you could be paying $800 a week on your mortgage or you can be paying $800 a week on rent. But what would you rather do? You, you know, you'd rather do on, uh, you know, target it towards your mortgage because in thirty years from now, you're going to own your house, 
And it's the same thing with your power. Like if you don't own your power today, you're, you're actually renting it. And so it's creating that pain. It's, it's creating it, um, you know, in an authentic way. In, in reality, you can't try and twist their, um, um, you know, unauthentically. It, it's, it, it won't work and you'll come across as a real shady used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So it, it seems like you're, you're kind of presenting that the other person's mind to truth. Yeah, you're showing them, like, how many times, that's what a good influencer is. Like, how many times have you seen something in a certain perspective or or you've been angry at a certain person, you know, with a certain situation, something that happens, and then someone comes along, like a close friend comes along or, or a partner comes along and, and opens your eyes and says, like, hey, well, what about this? Like, what about this side of things? And you're like, wow, like, I never thought about it that way. And that's what a good influencer is, someone who's able to, you know, like I said, right, it comes down to what we spoke about at the start, being unbiased with your view, trying to see every perspective of that glass water as possible, and then being able to show the other people all these other perspectives because sometimes you're just so blind to it, sometimes you're just so narrow-focused that you can't see the other sides, you know. So when someone comes along and says, hey, well, take a look at this and then, you know, the person's going to be like, oh, wow, you know, I never thought of it that way. Let's actually, let's do something about this because we don't want that happening. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the amount of sales I've made just because of that little skill alone. Mm -hmm. That's, um, it's really, it's, it's exciting. It's such an exciting and, and profound skill, sales and influence because it really taps into a lot of um, deep elements of the human experience of the human being. And what, what I'd like to ask you, Stephen, is about action, like about taking action. And, and not just in, in, in sales, I guess, I guess um, in, in a broader sense, in, in influence, influencing individuals to take action. What, mm. what is action and why does it occur? How... Like, what's going on with the whole action thing? <laughs> so when it comes to taking action, uh, imagine imagine a scale, right? Like the scale of good and bad, right? You, your, your pros and your cons. Um, what you're doing, there's a scale in every person's mind. There's a scale that's always weighing out the options. It's always weighing out the pros, the cons, you know, is it better for me? Is it worse for me? And, and, and like at the heart of it, what it comes down to is people take action immediately when there's pain, right? Like people take action to avoid pain, right? Like, uh, you know, there's so many examples. There's so many, you know, like if you see there's, you know, you're walking, let's say you just finished dinner. Um, you know, it's 8 p.m. or so it's 10 p.m. and you're walking down the street and you see, you know, a bunch of guys, you know, up ahead, you know, 50 meters ahead, and they don't look like the best news. What's the immediate, what's the immediate action? You cross the road, yeah. like without even thinking about it, you cross the road. People want to avoid pain. Um, so, and that's immediate action. And as soon as you tip the pain scale, 
down as soon as the painful scale is heavier than the positive scale, people take action immediately. Like, what can we do? Like, let's get this done. What can I do? And and, and that that's really what it comes down to. It just comes down to, like, how much pain is the person in? When people are in massive pain, they will take action. Most of the time, some people, some people have a really low action threshold. Like, and you find this for some reason, you find this in a lot of seniors. You know, they just really like to just sit on things. Um, you know, I had one recently. Um, I was dealing with this guy. I was dealing with this guy for about three years. He, <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, I remember I was telling him, like, but you've spent about $7,000 in power bills just since I've first made contact with you. And he still wasn't. And it was only two months ago his daughter contacted me um, saying that he had passed away and that she's ready to get these panels on. Oh. He never took action. Even though he was in pain, he never took action. So, and it, it was crazy, you know, but. Sometimes you're able to influence people. Sometimes you're not. You know, it, it comes down, it does come down to the person. A lot of the times the best way to influence someone to take action um, is by creating urgency, you know, um, and there's little things. And, and like I said, like you can be genuine with it. You know, like for example, with solar, there's rebates, but those rebates um, drop every year, you know. So by saying them, okay, if you wait, that's fine. You can wait. Like I said, it's not going to affect me. I'm still going to sell a thousand systems. Like there's hundreds of people who want systems. But if you wait and you take action in three months from now, you could be paying at a higher price, you know. And so it's like creating the urgency or, um, you know, we're doing a really good deal. You know, our, our, our company is on a really good deal where if you buy today, you know, you get $400 of your system. And if you refer someone, they get $400 off their system and you get a $300 credit or something like that, right? So you're creating like a call to action, something that excites them to say, hey, like, let's do it now. You know, so that's when it comes to the action threshold, that's um, that's uh, little little tools that you can use. Um, but all in all, like I said, it, it comes down to the pain that the person's in. If they're not in pain, they're not going to take action. doesn't matter how good your product is. Very profound, very profound. It's um, it's such a, it's such a force of, and, and it makes sense because, you know, like when you think about, you know, you've got a deadline and the deadline's coming closer, the pain's getting real. It's like, oh, I've got to take action now. And your body just goes into action. Yeah, right. Like, look at, um, you know, a lot of like students can relate to this when it comes to assessments. You know, they've got, they've got two months to finish their assessment, but what do they do? You know, they do it the night before because they like delay, delay, delay because there's no pain. It's okay. I can take my time. It's in two months. And then, you know, time goes by and they're having all this fun and they're out of nowhere. Oh, my assessment is due tomorrow. And it is more painful in that moment. It is more painful to not do the assessment because they know what the results are going to be. They know the consequence. So they will, they will, spend all night working on that assessment till three in the morning, four in the morning, just so they don't deal with the consequences of not doing the assessment the next day. Even though it's painful, 
doing it that night before, even though it doesn't matter how painful it is, it is more painful to receive the consequence the next day of not handing that assessment in. And that's a perfect example. Mm. You know, so, yeah, it, it comes down to avoiding pain and gaining pleasure, really. Well, let's... um. I'd like to talk to that that second part of, of the equation because that that is a profound um, decision making um, tool. The pain. What's what's going on with with gaining pleasure? Yeah, so um, it does. Look, it it marries it. It really does. Like the first perspective, you know, the first part of it is the avoiding pain, but also some people are more motivated by gaining pleasure. And you hear it in their language, like, you know, when I'm asking my questions at the start of the um at the start of the assessment, when I'm when I'm of the consultation, when I'm sitting with a customer and I'm asking them different questions, I'm trying to figure out what moves them. Like, do they avoid pain or do they like moving to gaining pleasure? Like, you know, if I say to them, you know, what's gonna be the best thing about getting this system for you, if they were to say um, you know, so we can actually save more money to go on a trip, to save more money to go on a holiday, right? Like to gain something, I know that they're going to be gaining pleasure. That's that's what drives them. And so when I pitch the savings, when I'm talking about the savings, I'm talking to them in their language. I'm saying to them, well, you know, now with what this system is going to do for you, this is going to give you the money in your pocket to do this certain thing to do to go on that certain trip you know and then i show them the 10-year projection saying well in 10 years you're going to have an extra forty thousand dollars back in your pocket you know what does two europe trips look like to you (laughs) right (laughs) and like oh two europe trips you know and they start getting excited um right so that's that's right so that's the gaining pleasure side but it does come down to the, the actual individual like Everyone's driven and motivated by different things, um, by, by uh, a different perspective. It's either the gaining pleasure or the avoiding pain. Because some people will say to me, um, you know, I just don't want to be throwing that money away anymore. I don't want to be wasting that money anymore. I don't want to be just giving the retailers all that money every three months. You know, so when you hear people talk like that, it's generally they want to avoid pain. You know, they're trying to trying to avoid, you know, all that pain. So if I was to talk about the savings, I wouldn't really talk much about um, what it's going to do for them. I'm going to talk to them about I'm, I'm actually going to more focus more on if you keep spending this money, this is what it looks like in the next 10 years, right? Based on all the increases in the electricity um, providers every year, the way they, with, the, with their rates, um, this is what your 10-year projection looks like you know, with your spending. And then I show them like they're going to be spending 40, 50 grand in the next 10 years of their own money, giving it to a retailer. And it is very, very painful for them in that moment. You know, so um, yeah, that's all it is, right? It just comes down to that, like what drives the actual person themselves. Stephen, is it, is it that, and this is this is kind of uh, this is an interesting kind of thing that just came to mind. Is it that people find like you're bring as a as an influencer as a communicator who's trying to bring betterment to other people's lives? 
is it that you find that sometimes the truth hurts for people that that the truth hurts when they see it and then they take action based on the truth and then sometimes when they hear truth it excites them and they take action based out of pleasure is that is that kind of like what's going on like you yeah basically yeah you know and you know look in in, in those moments like you really you got to be aware like you got to you got to re- you cannot just deliver that message with a smile on your face like hey like look 50 grand of your money has gone down the drain <laughs> like <laughs> you got to be empathetic with them and you got to be sincere and you got to be genuine you know and you, and you really you really do you have to show them that hey like i'm not showing you this to tease you i'm not showing you this to you know to play with your emotions i'm showing this to make you aware so you can make a better decision for you and your family you know and you, you've got to be genuine with it um because it, it's it is like you know people are like you know what like screw this and if you show them like okay well how long have you been in this house or you know actually how long have you been living on your own really is the question you can show them this is how much you've spent on power in the last you know 15 years or you know but it, it, it is it you're right it does come down to that like some people get excited about the savings and that's awesome um and some people um you know just get really really scared on the future and you have to you have to be empathetic with them you know you got to and you got to like guide them you got to hold their hand along the way saying like you know you got to show them that hey like we can help you we can look after you and we're not going to go anywhere we're not running anywhere we're going to be here and you know you're going to be in a better spot. Mm. Mm. It's it's really poetic in a way that that the the masterful salesman is is delivering truth in a loving and a kind of really flexible way based on person to person that you connect with. You're delivering a truth, and and it's it's funny because like the way that you frame it, Steve, is that. Like when they see it, when they see the truth, when they see that perception, they take the action. Is that is that how you how you describe it? One hundred percent. Like when people when people say to me, look, or or you know, like I remember, like people used to, um, you know, with the other companies I used to work for, um, uh, you know, oh, it used to piss me off. They're like, oh, you know, Steve, he's such a good set. So I was, he can sell ice to an Eskimo. And I'm like, oh, man, like this, it's it's so unauthentic. Like, and even though it's, even though people have, like they use it as a metaphor saying, oh, like he's a good salesperson, but people take that literally. And, and what I mean by that is a lot of people are insecure about their abilities, just in any area of life. A lot of people do have insecurities. And especially when it comes to sales, salespeople, man, it is an emotional game. It is an emotional game and most salespeople are very insecure. And most salespeople believe that if you cannot sell ice to an Eskimo, you're a bad salesperson. And and this is the big thing about sales and this is what most salespeople need to be aware of. You should not be selling ice to Eskimos. Right? <laughs> sales is about providing a solution that's all it is you're providing solution if the person has no pain even though you may see that they have an issue you may see that there's there's something there that you can help that you can fix if they 
don't want to see that pain, if they're not in pain at the moment, move on, go to the next person because the other person is going to see the value in it. The other person is going to be looking for a solution. And that's your, that, that's the thing as a salesperson. Like you, you, it's not about selling us to us. It's not about shoving your product down everyone's throat. It's about finding who's in pain, who, who's curious about finding a solution for that, for their current situation. And then you as a salesperson, helping that person overcome the emotional barriers and obstacles that they have, right? They're limiting buying beliefs that they have to take action. That's all you're doing is you're, you're helping them overcome those limiting beliefs, buying beliefs to make the life better. You're not selling. If an Eskimo has ice all around him, why would he want more ice? <laughs> right? Like think about like, I'm not, and you need to think this about this in a larger perspective, like not from not an actual Eskimo, but you know, if I go to someone who has 30 solar panels on their roof, I'm not going to try and go and sell them another system. Like, do you get what I'm saying? If, if mm. I go to someone who has a, a power bill every quarter of a hundred dollars, I'm not going to try and sell them a system like that. So that's what, you know, and, and that's what it comes down to. Like people like, Oh, well, you know, um, John over there, he, you know, he sold the system last week. They didn't even need it. You know, they sold a, a system, you know, like a, a, a big 10 kilowatt system and like a 10 kilowatt system is made for like someone with a thousand dollar power bill. And they sold the 10 kilowatts to someone. They only had $200 power bills. It's like, dude, that's unauthentic. It's not going to last long. And you're, you're ripping people's eyes out, you mm-hmm. know, because someone, someone like that, like in that perspective, you know, that situation itself, they're spending, you know, 10 grand, 15 grand on that system. And they're only spending $800 a year on a power bill. They're going to take over 10 years to get their money back. It's not genuine. And, you know, it's, um, it's, you're actually not really helping them at all. You're, you're, you're making them, you're giving them a complete, you're giving them, you're putting them in such a worst situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so the whole selling ice to us is like salespeople need to get that, that, that crap out of their head. They really do. Wow. Stephen, it's, it's really profound because I remember you saying your, your kind of definition of wisdom was reflection, reflection and going to an unbiased perspective. Mm. And it's funny because, you know, for, like from what I, what I hear and what I notice of sales for you is that in order for the, the salesperson to perform, they have to reflect, get an unbiased perspective, get that perception and they have to bring that unbiased and true perception to the 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 client, the person that they're they're serving. It's, it's almost like all that's coming back to getting closer to truth, and it's it's profound how your wisdom has spilled out into all these beautiful areas of life, and then it's kind of working all towards one goal. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Thank you, man. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, it it is like I think you know it's just it just comes down to being being an honest person. You know, like really, it goes so far. It really does. Like people have no idea how far it goes, especially being honest with yourself. Like most people aren't honest with themselves, um, and and you know that reflects onto their work. Like that reflects onto their work in life and. You know, and even in in other uh, personal areas of their life, um, it reflects everywhere. 
So I, I guess, Stephen, my question is, so say someone is kind of trapped in, in not being honest with themselves, right? They're, they're kind of trapped with it. And, and, and like, why, why would someone not be honest with themselves? Like, I guess if honesty with themselves is the key to increasing your own wisdom, increasing your own performance and serving others, why would someone not be there? Look, that's a good question. Um, it's also a hard question for a lot of people to answer. Um, and, you know, like some people go on their lives, you know, going to 60, 70, 80 years old and sometimes still not being honest with themselves. Um, and I think the reality is that for some people, the reason why they don't want to be honest with themselves, it all comes down to the pain thing, man. It is too painful. It is too painful of a burden to bear for them to be honest with themselves. They're not ready for it yet. And that's fine though, right? Like sometimes some people aren't ready to, to handle the truth and that's fine. That just means that, you know what, there, there just needs to be more work to be done for themselves. Like they just need to do a bit more work, you know? Um, and that's fine. Like you, you can't rush it. You can't rush it, but you, you can't delay it as well at the same time. Right? Like you can't just leave it. Um, but I think that the reason why people want, aren't honest with themselves is because they're ashamed. You know, they're ashamed of the truth. They're, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just too painful for them to handle. Um, you know, and it's funny because if you look at the origin, like I don't want to really bring religion into this, but if you look at the origin of like, if you look at um, Catholicism, like they have, um, you know, a confession. If you look at the origin of it, it's, you know, to come clean with yourself, right? Like when you come clean with yourself, um, you lift so much weight off your shoulders. You really, really do, you know, and, and you see this in even relationships, like with people in, in relationships, you know, with their partners, they will hold a lie just because they don't want to hurt the other person. You know, but really that lie is hurting them and the other person without them knowing. And, but it's too painful because, you know, um, they, they don't want to bring up the truth. And as well, I think when, 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 when we were younger, you know, most people um, got in trouble um, for telling the truth, and uh, meaning like if the truth was bad news, and they delivered that bad news and they, they would get in trouble. You know, if you, if the teacher asked, what did you do? And you told them, and then you got a detention. What, right. What's that? What's that programming? What's that doing on a programming perspective? Is that every time I tell the truth, something bad's going to happen <laughs> every time, right? Like if I come clean, I get, uh, I, I get punished, you know, and that's a big thing. Most people have the belief that if they come clean with themselves, that there's going to be punishment there. They, you know, they don't realize that coming clean is just literally lifting it, releasing it, letting it go. That's it, bringing it to the surface, facing it, and letting it go, and figuring out figuring out a way to make yourself better, 
to improve, you know, to to, to move forward and become happier. Uh, Stephen, how how can we create safety and and kind of like how can we create safety and and love and connection for another individual to to confront and be with their truth to have that beautiful life transforming experience? Look, that's the thing is with that a lot of people are too scared. Um, a lot, a lot of people are, are very scared of other people's opinions and judgment. Um, I think the more that you work on yourself and come clean with yourself, the more you're able to actually support and be there for someone else, and the more that they'll actually feel that they will feel it. And you know, I think it's um, it's interesting because you know, it's it's like a life cycle. You know, for me, you know, I think for most people that. The biggest, um, the biggest pleasure that I gain is when I help someone else. When I when I really genuinely help someone else and gain nothing from it, it's you know it, it's life changing. You feel so good. You feel so great for that like, entire day. Um, so I think for a lot of people, you know, they can use that as drive. They can say, well you know what, like I want to help other people, but I can't help anyone unless I help myself first. So I've got to start with me. I've got to get myself out of this rut so I can actually contribute, you know, to this world to make, you know, to help people evolve, to help humans evolve, to become better, you know. And I think it's, you know, it, it comes down to that really. Like you've got you to gotta reflect. You've got to self-reflect. Stephen, do you believe that with more self-reflection and more evolution, like what what ends up happening? Like as as a human evolves, as, as you evolve, like what happens to their level of performance, their level of of love for themselves and others, and and just their ideas? What what happens on that that journey of evolution as you reflect? Look. From a personal experience, you become so much better in all areas of your life. And I don't mean like it may not be physically better. It may not be, um, you know, in some parts of uh, in some parts of your life, it may not be like you actually getting better at a certain task or activity, but you may be so much better in criticism, you know, taking on that feedback. Like the more you work on your insecurities, the less insecure you become, the easier the feedback is to take on because you're not taking it as a personal attack. Whereas, you know, someone who's really insecure about about themselves and about certain areas of their life, you can't give them feedback. You, you can't give them constructive feedback. You know, as positive as you may be about it, they will take it to heart as a personal attack. And so the more you focus on you, the more like you, you focus on, you know, releasing those insecurities and um, improving, everything changes. The whole game changes. The entire game changes for you. Like, you know, you're able to see things more clearly. You're able to help people clearly. Like, you know, you know, back to the whole unbiased thing. Like, you're able to help them. You know, with an unbiased perspective. Like, you, you know, like you don't ha- you don't have to look at you help people and look at your situation and 
base everything on on your situation um even though your situation might be bad you're like how many people like you know what i went through the same thing and it's crap and i don't recommend it and rah 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 like so you know and they're giving bad advice giving their bad opinions they're not helping people they're just putting them in more of a rut so <laughs> every area of your life changes when you do that wow 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 that's that's profound can i I want to explore a little deeper on this one. On on you said as the insecurities kind of reduce and let go, I guess if you were to take an individual right now, Stephen, and and you were just to get a Hoover vacuum and just suck the insecurities out of their mind, <laughs> where where would they be? What what would be going on for them? How what would they do for them? Look. That, to be to be fair, that it's a very hard question to answer. Not because I don't know the answer, but because every person is different. Some people don't have the right motivation. Some people just don't have any motivation. But some people have the motivation, but the insecurity is holding them back. Right. So you have someone who has motivation but has way more insecurities to stop that, um, you know, from moving forward. Um, you remove those insecurities, they're gonna be, they're gonna be a, a man. They're gonna be a bull. They're gonna, they're gonna charge. They're gonna go at it because there's nothing stopping them now, right? But on the flip side as well, like you can have insecurities but a higher motivation, right? Like you know, a, a lot of my life, um, uh, you know, my adult life, I had many insecurities, you know, and. I still, even in spite of those, I still charged through because my motivation was so much higher because I was so motivated. I was like, no, I'm not letting my insecurity stop me. I'm doing this. I'm taking action. I'm doing this. I'm getting it done. In spite of my fears, in spite of the judgment, in spite of people pointing the finger and saying, look at him and me making a fool of myself. You know, like I would rather be true and honest to myself and make a fool of myself along the way than be untrue and hide in the corner just to you know um just to protect my my self-image you know so for that question is you know to remove all the insecurities it's man like you know your answer is good as mine you don't know It, it, it comes down to their motivation and people do have motivation you just need to find what the motivation is like if i was to put money on the table, ask you to put money on the table and say, you know, we got a couch potato here who doesn't get up, you know, to even get to the bathroom. You, you, you put a hundred dollars down for him to get up and go for a jog around the block. You're going to lose your money. <laughs> but if I say to you, you put your money down and there's a, a store giving free donuts down the road. You think it's going to get up off that couch, free donuts all day. <laughs> yeah. supply. He's going to be first in line. <laughs> he's going to be sprinting down the street, <laughs> right? Because the motivation was there. So, you know, for me, like when it comes to like laziness, I, I don't believe laziness exists. I, I, I truly believe laziness is a myth. I just believe that they don't have the right motivation because even a couch potato who doesn't get up can still get up and run down the street for a free donut. You just need to find the right motivation. And I, I took that with me in all my training. Whenever I, whenever I train salespeople, 
I, I figured out what motivated them the most. I, you know, ask them questions like, what, you know, what excites you? What do you like to do in your personal life? Like, what do you like to do in your spare time? Get to know my people. Like, I know them. I know what moves them. And then I, I put in incentives for them. Like, hey, you know what? If we do this collectively as a team, as a team, there's there was very rarely where we had individual results, like individual KPIs, um, you know, and it's like if you don't meet your KPI, you get punished. Like, there was none of that. But um, people want to help people generally more than themselves. <laughs> That's the truth. Like, most of the time, people want to help other people more than they want to help themselves. Um, and so when I got them to work as a team saying like, Hey, like, what can we do as a team goal? You will all get rewarded individually, you know, and then based on whatever they wanted, you know, based on what the motivation was and that worked, it used to work. You know, I, <laughs> at one stage I was making this company, I was, uh, I was with uh, that, you know, they were a nationwide company. They were in all States and I was managing New South Wales and, I was making them, I think about three hundred grand a week, in you know in in revenue, and when I first started, I think they were making about, I think about like maybe five grand a week, ten grand a week. Like they were in the decline. They were they were losing, um, they were losing staff. They were they were, were going to shut their offices, and you know I came on and completely turned it around. You know, the CEO was very toxic, which is why I'm not with them anymore. But um, you know, it's just, yeah, I just found the motivation, got the right team, and. Yeah, went full throttle. So, you know what I absolutely love about your your approach, Stephen. It's 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 logical, and it has has your emotional experience backing. Like I feel, anytime I talk to you, I feel more inspired. And I feel transformed. I'll be honest um, to anyone listening. The reason why I have this podcast is because I was in a conversation with Stephen and Danny, and and it just it it did something to me, and here I am now interviewing Stephen and and talking with him, <laughs> and, and that's the power of of just of Stephen of your embodied approach, and, and your you're, you're just kind of logic to it. And and could I just summarize that little bit there, like the, which has really struck me, really hit me on a deeper level. You said there's 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 insecurities there, and and there's there's a, there's a kind of desire or a want. And it seems like to me that if, if you want actions like in and results for like for you, Steve, you'd you'd increase that individual's desire and reduce or release that that insecurity. Would that be a fair summation? Absolutely. Like for like let's say for example, one of my one of my guys, um, you know, just giving you an example here, um, they're they're <laughs> Their motivation, let's say, was donuts. Let's just put donuts into account. <laughs> um, they love donuts, um, but their insecurity was, um, you know, approaching people and getting rejected. And so, <clears throat> I would reframe their their pers- first thing. I would reframe their perspective on rejection, saying like, "There's no such thing as rejection," because if someone's turning you down, saying they're not interested, they're not rejecting you. They're not rejecting you personally that they're, they're they're it's not even a rejection they're just it's not suited it comes back to the ice you know the eskimo thing that there's no need move on right so we go to the next person um and so whatever insecurities they have i reframe their perspective on them i show them that 
nothing is ever personal. And as soon as it's not personal, the insecurities vanish. Because it's it's logical, right? Like if I was to come to you and try and sell you a computer, but you have a computer and you're like, look, man, I, I got a computer. I don't need one. You're not going to, I'm not going to take it personally. <laughs> right. And, but if I do that and I, I reinforce the support, say so I'm with you every step on the way, like I will help you close deals. I'll, I'll, I'll help you through the whole process. We'll break down the process. We'll go through it all. And it comes to the end, to the negotiation and you need help. Give me a call. And I'm right there on the phone. I'm, I'm negotiating with the person for you and we'll close the deal together. And at the end of the week, we hit that target. You're going to get freaking six cartons of donuts, like whatever it is, you know, six dozen donuts, whatever it is that moves them, they, they're going to push, <clears throat> you know, and, and you being that <clears throat> emotionally available leader, that empowering leader, they want to work for you. They want to push for you because they don't want to let you down, you know, and, 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 it, and that's it. Like, right. And so, and as soon as they see that they can achieve it and as soon as they hit their targets and, and they brought it and they're excited and, and it's all there in the moment, the next week, they're going to push even harder, right? Like when I had this, this one kid when he first came to me, he couldn't say hi to people. I was like, man, like, okay, so I've got to work with this. All right, <laughs> let's see what we can do. Or, you know, like, they, you know, they either have it or they don't. And, you know, I, I connected with him so well and I built him up so good. He ended up being my shotgun. Like I would send salespeople in, they would warm the lead up. And then I'd, I'd send them to another area because they weren't really able to close it. And I would send him in and he would just close it on the spot. He was my shotgun. And I, you know, when he first started, he couldn't say hi to anyone. And he was closing <clears throat> commercial deals. We were working with commercial properties, not, not residential. You know, he was dealing with high-end CEOs, CFOs, um, you know, uh, yeah, like high-end people. And, <clears throat> yeah, so we was able to do that. That doesn't come by being hard on people and, and like, don't get me wrong, we're hard on them, but in an empowering way, it doesn't come by just, you know, screaming and, and, and being hard on them and making them scared to lose their job. Like soon as, as soon as not even a salesperson or even if it's a business person or anyone, as soon as there's pressure, as soon as there's fear of like, shit, I might lose my job or I might lose whatever it is I'm, I have right now, your performance will go down the drain. Oh, doesn't matter what you're doing, your performance will drop. Pressure on a salesperson or pressure on a, a you know, in someone in business for themselves. As soon as they have pressure, maybe not in business for themselves, but if they have, if you as a salesperson have pressure from someone higher, from your your manager or your boss, where you feel unsupported, you're not going to work. Want to work for them? You're going to call sickies. You're not going to perform, and 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 you're going to be scared. You know, obviously, you know, so you, uh, you're going to be scared to lose your job. So you're not going to perform. You're not going to be empowered. And it's, it's, it, oh, there's so many things that go wrong with it. And I used to have so many arguments with the CEO of this one company that I was with. I used to have so many arguments with him because he would terrorize the, the team. And then I would have to try and build them back up, you know. <laughs> um, and the only reason why they stayed was because I was there supporting them. And as soon as I, I left, the whole, the entire team was gone. And that's how it should be, though. Like the CEO, the fish rots from the head. You know, the CEO should be that person that's backing what I'm saying as well. You know, so if I'm gone, they still want to be there for the CEO. You know, but, you know, 
unfortunately not everyone's like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, you know, in a way, if, if, if someone has the desire, right, but they've got really, and there's really, really strong desire and they go to Stephen, Stephen, and, but they're really insecure. They go to Stephen, Stephen can <clears throat> kind of, you, you can kind of strip away their insecurities and just let, let them run free and, and really perform at a higher level. But say someone has got like no insecurities, they're devoid of insecurities. They've got that, that peaceful sort of confidence um how how would how do you increase their desire like what is it is it about asking that what would make you happy what would excite you <laughs> um look to be honest it's it's there's a few ways you can go about it um first thing i like to do is i like to get to know them and say so like you know what do you like doing in your personal you know in your free time what do you like to do what are your activities find out what they like you know find out if they like to go laser tag if they like laser tag okay cool you know that can be an incentive that you, you can put um there, <laughs> there's one thing like there's one thing that i've done i mean like it's it may sound cruel to some people um but you know it, it does work like this one, one guy i was working with you know and he he really wanted to quit smoking right and so the only reason why i've done this is because obviously it's smoking it's health related so I felt it was necessary that I can do it. Um, and so I thought, you know, look, because a lot of people want to quit smoking, right? But they don't actually quit smoking. They continue to smoke. They want to quit, but, you know, they don't. Um, and the reason why is because it's too painful to quit and there's not enough pleasure being gained if they do quit. <clears throat> so this one guy um, had a daughter and as as a father as a provider of the family you know you the one thing you hold closest to you is the idea of being the provider being the supporter being that person that they can rely on you know to back them no matter what and so i panned the picture and i said well what do you think it'll look like, you know, in the next 20 years? Like, do you think your health is going to incline or do you think your health is going to decline? And, you know, he was obviously honest with me. He said, look, well, you know, my, my health, obviously, it's, it's going to get worse. <clears throat> and so I painted the picture and said, well, let's look at reality, man. In 30 years from now, you know, not, not now, but in 30 years from now, even in 20 years from now, like, you're, you know, your daughter will be 20 years old and you're in the hospital because of smoking. And, you know, your health is gone. Something's happened. Um, you know, this doesn't happen to anyone, but let's say it does happen to you, like touch wood. Um, and, you know, your, your daughter needs you, but you cannot get out of that bed. You cannot help her because of the decisions you're making today. And, <laughs> I, you know, I went a little bit, you know, on about it and I really paid the pitch for him and he was visualizing it and, he put down he put it down the next day literally well i think that day he put it down and he never touched a cigarette since and he's like man damn you steve this is just too painful for me but i can't like i I can't even touch i can't even look at a cigarette right now and yeah he never touched a cigarette since right so you can do little things like that i mean like in a game of sales it's a little bit different but you get what i'm saying i can't you know so you can't you know, you, you, you got to work with them. You got to work with what moves them. 
Could I could I ask you, Steve? Because I I know you talked about it with with um you know your your successful teams and the support you provided for them and and even that that last example. What and like and obviously like in <laughs> in, in even in sales when you talk about the people aspect where they got to be sold on the, on the salesperson. What is connection? Why? What drives connection? Why? Why do we as humans or you as an extrovert? Why do we thrive off connection? What's what's going on there? And how could someone connect more deeply and be more fearless in their connection with others and go out there and connect with the world? So, <clears throat> sorry, what was your question? It was what drives connection. Yeah, like what? Why do we want to? Like why do we want to connect? How? How can we connect deeper and more fearlessly? As <clears throat> as humans, we are not designed to work solo. We are not designed to be alone. We have a drive as people <laughs> to connect with people naturally. Like as human beings, we want to connect with other people. It's just a natural instinct instinct that humans have. You know, so that's really, honestly, that's the answer to that question is that it comes, that's at the core level, all humans want is connection. We want personal connection because we're not, sorry, I'm like really clogged up. We want personal connection um, because we thrive. We thrive in community. We create colonies. We create empires as communities. You know, so it's a natural thing. It's it really is. It's a natural thing that humans um, that humans drive to, that humans want. So, so you're saying that's a, a natural desire of of the human? Yeah, yeah, it is. Even though some people, as introverted as they are, as introverted as they are, some you see them. They there's still one person that they connect with. There's still one person that they're really close to. You know, like there's. There's always a person. And if there isn't, if there isn't a person, they're pretty miserable. Mm. Yeah. And that's really, that's really profound because there's, there's, like you say, there's an innate drive for humans to connect. That's the desire. Do you feel like if you were to remove people's insecurities, like it seems like that seems to be going back to that around connection and just let that natural desire take over what would that allow someone to connect deeper and to go deeper and connect with more people absolutely it will i think that most people really build it up way worse than what it is they build it up in their heads way worse than what it is like this i was having this conversation with someone um last week they said to me you know i really want to go to the gym like i really want to go but like I'm just, and he was clear and he came clean with me and he just said, like, I'm just too scared. Like, you know, like people looking at you and, you know, and, and I think, you know, 95% of people don't want to go to the gym because of that reason, <clears throat> because people look at you, people, you know, judging, they're scared of the judgment. But the reality is, right, the reality is every person in that gym, besides the experienced people who have been training for a long time, is thinking the exact same thoughts that you are thinking. They're all insecure. They're all worried about people looking at them and judging them. So you're not alone. 
So when you're in there, when you build up that courage to scan that tag and walk through the door of the gym, just know that everyone in there is feeling the way you're feeling and trying to become a better person. And really the only ones that you get intimidated by are the guys who have been training there for a long time. You see them, they're really beefed up. They're very muscly. You know, you see them and it's very intimidating. But you know what? Those people understand you the most. <laughs> they understand because they experience, like just like me, like I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've been training for a very long time. And I get, you know, heaps of people in the gym always ask me for advice and tips and, you know, for different things. And, and, and a lot of them, are, you know, say the same thing, but I explain to them that, the, the the people who you see in the gym who are experienced aren't looking at the beginners, aren't looking at the new guys or, you know, the people who, who are there, not looking at judging and saying, oh, look at them and laughing. Like we understand it the most because we know. And even then, even when you see the experienced ones, 95% of the time they're still insecure about their bodies because they're trying to sculpt it. They're trying to make it so perfect. They're worried about their own body than they are <laughs> with anyone else, you know. Mm. Um, so, but I think that a lot of people need to hear that, you know, that they're not alone, like that everyone is thinking the same thought and no one's judging. Wow. Do you think, Stephen, that, because it's interesting because I, I almost felt more connected just from hearing that similarity, that, that we're all together on that one. Do you feel, and I, I was almost getting that sense that the more connected I am, the less insecure I am. Like if I feel connected, I feel less insecure. Absolutely. And it, and it comes down to as well, like, you know, there's, we have different hormones and there's, you know, the one hormone oxytocin is the human hormone, right? It's, it's the human connection. It's that, that love that, you know, when you hear the story about you, you hear someone speaking up on the stage, you don't know them from a bar of soap. And three minutes into the speech, they talk about how they lost their child. And you instantly connect with them because you're feeling their pain. You're feeling their emotion. You're feeling the human in them. And and when you feel that, you feel like you know them. You feel like you've connected with them. You're, you're in rapport with them. And that's the oxytocin. You know, and so that's what people want they just want that connection and the more that you can come clean with yourself the more open you can become to helping other people feel that connection like for me i was one of the most look i'm I'm not gonna say i was one of the most insecure people but i did i had a lot of insecurities and the more i worked on myself the you know how happy i am now because i'm so i'm not cocky but i'm very confident i can approach people I go, I talk to people at the gym, even though I look, <laughs> I look jacked and I look, you know, and people are sometimes intimidated. And I go and approach them, hey, you're doing that workout awesome. You know, you, you, your form, like you, you're really doing it right. You know, you're not just trying to push big weight and like me helping them and talking to them. They feel so good. They're like, oh my God. And they get so excited because they have that connection. Like they, you know, they, they, they're having a connection with another human. I think that's what people, that's what drives people. This is um, this is uh, so exciting. This is really juicy. It, it's like that old, that not even old saying, that cliche. All all we after, like what we truly want is is love, and that it's all about love. And it, it also kind of 
when we talk about connection, it brings my mind to the whole thing about oneness. We're a part of a, a bigger thing going on here. And I guess yeah. I'd like to ask you, Stephen, when, when someone feels that love and connection, what does it do to their potential? What does it do for them and in their life? What can it do? Only they can answer that question, man. Like some people create empires if they have that. The right, well, the perfect example is Thomas Edison, right? Like he came home from school one day, you know, with a letter for his mom. His mom read the letter. She started crying and he asked what the letter was. And she said, they said, you're too smart for this school and they don't have the enough resources to teach him. <laughs> and so that, you know, she had to teach him from home. And then years later, he created the light bulb. He was successful. You know, he, cre- he literally created light. And um, he, when his mother passed, he was going through his stuff. And the, when he found that letter and the letter said, your child is too dumb for this school. He's <laughs> He's, he's, he's literate. Like he, <laughs> but she gave him that empowerment. She gave him that confidence and removed any insecurity that he did, if he did have any. But she made him feel so empowered that he went and created the light bulb. Right? So, you know, sky's the limit. What I'm, what I'm hearing here is that love, connection, is a way that insecurities can be healed or released or removed. And and from what from what I know as well is that when when that occurs and and it's just the desire, just the desire left, the desire to take action, the desire to create in the world and they're free of insecurity because they have that sense of love because that insecurity is being released or removed through connection, through a deeper connection, then there is the, the, as you said the sky's the limit. That's when someone can reach their potential. And I must say that, Stephen, you have a way with that. You really do. And I, I, I'm, I'm excited because every time I see you and Danny, it just gets more stronger and stronger, that, that being of connection and love that you provide to the world, that excitement, that possibility of just who you are. I feel like that alone has has incredible influence. So it's it's really exciting to see where you, where you go and where we continue to go with this. Thanks, Jacob. Really appreciate it, man. Always always love to to spread that empowerment, man. The encouragement for, for people to to you know better their lives. Uh, it's you know it's, it's what drives me. Stephen, do you have anything left on your heart or on your on your mind that you just want to say that you want to get out into the world? What would you like to say from your heart? <laughs> Look, I think there's one thing that I'll leave leave you with is that everything is an experience, and hold no attachment to the result and the outcome. Like hold no judgment to it. Just experience it and learn from it. Everything, everything that every experience that comes to you in your life is just a lesson. That's all it is. It's here. Like we are literally here. We are, we are here on this earth to experience and learn things. That's all we're here for. Right? Like don't hold attachment to it. Don't judge it because as soon as you start judging, you're judging yourself. You're just, you're destroying yourself, you know? So enjoy it. Just enjoy the moment. 
whether it's good or bad, just enjoy it and try to just try to take anything positive from it. That's all it is. You know, it's all that's all I can give you, man. You know, just take it for what it is and just continue to grow. Continue to continue to help. Whenever you're feeling stuck, whenever you're feeling down, ask yourself, how can I help someone today? Like, how can I help someone? How can I make someone's life better? How can I put a smile on their face? Even if it's something as going to the gym and saying, hey, you know what? Like, you're doing so good. You're doing awesome, man. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm inspired by you. I hope one day I can train like you. Whatever it is, like, get creative with it. And as soon as you start asking yourself that question, like, how can I help someone else? How can I make someone else's life better? You start focusing less on your issues. And that doesn't mean that you're, you're hiding them and you're pushing them aside, but it means that you're not giving them that energy. And the less energy you give something, the less it's there, the less it's created. You know, so the more energy you put into something else and focus on something else, the more you're going to create that. So that's what I'll leave you with. Oh, man. Um, no, that was incredible. Thank you so much, Stephen. This this was this is insane. Stephen, how could someone how could someone if they wanted to um get onto you or, or you or Danny and, and learn more from you, where would they go in order to do that? Yeah, go to our um go to our Instagram, Life Impact Academy. Life sure. Impact Academy. It's um it's it's a joint account we're both on there. Um, we, yeah, we just, we just push our stuff on there to try and help as many people as possible. Yeah. And I know you're always pumping out some really awesome, wise, exciting, juicy content out there. So I would highly recommend that. Um, I'm going to be pushing a lot, good, a lot of good stuff now. Um, I know in the past I've focused a lot on, um, sales, little different sales skills and tips and tricks. Um, but you know what, look, it's the life impact Academy and, you know, for us personally, we've mastered so many areas of life that we can provide so much value to people, you know, so it's pretty exciting, but the next, you know, all all the new upcoming content that's coming up, it's going to be based on everything. It's going to be gym. It's going to be life in general, relationships, you know, business sales, just everything. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. What I what I can say and what I would like to to kind of add is that Stephen and Denny are the real deal. They are truly authentic and I've never met people who who want to serve and who love connecting and who are just more genuine and kind-hearted and compassionate than Stephen and Denny. And if you were ever to get the opportunity to meet them and be with them, you're just, you're changing their presence, just being around them. And I would recommend sending Stephen, even Stephen or Denny a message on their Instagram, connecting with them, getting to know them. Cause they, they, they're just, they're just such, such beautiful people. And when I, every time, every time I talk to Stephen, I just want to go out and party and hang out with him and muck around and muck about because you know what? He makes it fun. You make it fun. And I remember Stephen, um, the times that we worked together, I had some of the biggest laughs, some of the greatest times and some of the fondest memories with you and Danny. And I just, 
I love and I'm excited to create more memories and invite more people into that energy, into that that vibe. And I just got <laughs> a lot you. of love and respect for you guys, okay? Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Always like to laugh, man. You gotta you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. Life life has too many things that are being thrown at you for you to be um, you know, occupied with it. So just just laugh, man. <laughs> Make yourself laugh, that's it. It's awesome. <laughs> Enjoy it. Oh man. All right. <laughs> that's all for today. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Thanks, Steve. I talk to you soon. Okay, man. And thank you for all for listening.